Welcome to the Effort Discussion Podcast. My name is Tim Blay. And my name is Tom Zalatni. And we are up for discussion. Yay. Uh, welcome to our show, the only show on the internet where we talk about the things we talk about in the order we talk about them. Yeah, <coughs> we, it's just us this week. Simon is going to be away for a couple of weeks, unfortunately. Yeah, Simon is away until, I think you said, December 6th. Uh, and you should go and check out his show. Uh, he's going to be in Love Summer's Dream Night. What? Oh, yeah. Hell, what is that the, called? The Midsummer dream. Night's Dream. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Love Summer's Dream Night. Love Summer's Dream Night the by famous, Billy Shakes. Yeah. So so Simon and Billy have been putting on this play. No, uh, so all seriousness, uh, we'll have an official announcement version of this for you next week, but Simon is going to be in that, uh, so you can look it up on Facebook and find it, or tune in next week and we'll have a little more information for you. Yeah. Uh, but Simon will be away for the next couple of weeks. He sends his love and regards, and uh, yeah. Yeah, so for the, so this week is just is just me and Tommy Z here again. Just me um, and Timmy B. We're gonna do some, you know, some freestyle talking, maybe some freestyle freestyling. Who knows? Um, we have once again implemented the um, "I am uncomfortable" button, and so if you hear this sound, it means that one of us got really uncomfortable with the conversation, and then we decided to change the subject. It might also just mean that we wanted to throw the other person off by pushing the button. True, but it doesn't... I mean, if you... The same rules apply, right? Like, if you push the button, you have to start the next conversation. Yeah, yeah, totes. Yeah. Okay, totes, so no, bro. no malicious use. Hey, remember, yeah. like... Back... Oh, wow. That was a good That was a good sound. Forgive me, sir. For Do you remember weary. how... Uh, who was it that we knew that wanted... We were going to name their first child Totes Bro? That was me, actually. Oh, you were going to yeah. name your first child Totes Bro. <laughs> yeah. It's a good name. It's, it's kind of got like a... I don't know. Yeah, it's it's got an interesting ring to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It does have a it's it's a good name. It you're sounds right, like it sounds wrong. foreign, but nothing particular. Yeah, and it's you know it's modern, but like people will kind of get it in like a hundred years. Well, yeah, that's like by the time your kid is a teenager, probably no one will know what totes bro really means. No, but like it'll still be ex- explainable, right? Right. It's like how people know what Tim means. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh yeah, that's a name. I get it. Well, but people don't really know what Tim means most of the time. I guess I guess what I'm what I'm trying to express here Usually is Usually no one knows what I mean because I'm a mystery. People will understand that it's a name one way or another. Guys, <laughs> remember to follow us on Twitter at Down with Talking at Acapella Science and at Tom Zalatni. Uh, yeah. give Simon a little follow too at Know the Other Simon. Uh-huh. Um guys, uh do you do you like our show? Do I don't you, know. Do you think I, they like our show? My mom doesn't like our show. Really? No. Uh why? I don't know. She says it's it's boring. <laughs> or, she needs to listen to it at, at an enhanced speed. Yeah, I think That's so. What I do. She, mom doesn't understand the one point five setting. I put it on one point five. Man, no, I, just, I don't think she thinks it's boring. I think she just she just finds it stupid. She's oh, like, why why fair. would I listen to my son talk about things that interest him? That's dumb. Well, she should listen to her son's cool friend talk about things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Anyway, good luck with that, Jane. You should listen. We but love if, you. But if you... Mommy, put your ear to this. Yeah, I'll tell her to listen. She told me to tell her when we made a good episode so she could listen to that one. (laughs) This is going to be a good one. I'm I'm saying it right here, right now. November 17th, 2015. This episode of Up for Discussion is going to be lit. Lit. I don't know what that means, but I hear it as a good thing all the time on the internet, so... I mean, I it really okay. Yeah, fine. Lit. You're more up to is lit like this year's fleek. It might be this year's fleek. Oh yeah, you know lit. It's this year's fleek. <laughs> we deserve each other. Oh This dear. podcast and you, Jane. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You're both so smart. 
So here, from the bottom of our hearts, uh, if you guys like the show, make sure to um, subscribe, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you haven't shared this with anyone, go share it with someone. It's the best way for us to get new listeners, new people who join our little family and And listen to us. And it's the best way for you to make friends. Because you both listen to this podcast and then you have like an hour's worth of stuff to talk about. You know, if you've got a girl you're trying to impress or whatever, you're like, I don't know what I'm going to talk to her about. You send her this podcast, see, and then you listen to the podcast and she listens to the podcast and you go out on a date and you've got like hours of things that you can talk about. Be like, remember that thing in the Upper Discussion podcast? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, like that part where they told you exactly what to do on this date was a little weird, but oh, I mean, it I worked. Thought it was, I thought it was super romantic. I've been waiting such a long time to meet a guy who listened to the same podcast as me, who was going to talk to me about the things that they talked about on that podcast. Wow. Thank you for coming out with me tonight. That's that's amazing. I'm I'm so glad that we could have this moment, you and I. Oh, I'm really glad you're holding my, my kneecap with your hand. I, I, I just think that it's the most sensual part of the body, you know? Oh, I feel that. The way it's just like only connected to the other bones by ligaments. Mm. And it's just sort of floating around there. Say that word again, ligaments. Floating around. (laughs) (laughs) So. So guys, make sure to go and subscribe. Share this with a friend. Uh, If you're on iTunes, go give us a review and a rating. It helps the show out a lot because it's the only way that we can climb them there. iTunes charts. Uh, And, uh, you know, that's how people find us. Do we like, do the iTunes charts only show like the top like certain number of podcasts like 1000 or something or like if we scroll down enough will we actually find ourselves if you scroll forever you will find us Do you know what number we are no i haven't checked in ages okay someone go and check if you want comment on the soundcloud page where you can leave comments hmm. except that requires a lot of work to like go to the itunes and then to oh, yeah. the itunes page and the charts and then to the soundcloud well our listeners are smart they can do it that's true they are they're smart just like us just like we so Tom decided today, usually we have like water in front of us and usually we have like <laughs> mugs of water or something. But today Tom decided that he didn't want to do any dishes. Um, so <laughs> instead of a mug of water, I have four tiny little plastic cups of water <laughs> that I'm going through one at a time. And uh, I finished one of them. I'm going on to the second one. If you mm-hmm. want to tweet that, go ahead. Um, yeah, I'm not going to tweet it. Yeah, but I it looks kind of like, like it's kind of like a beer pong thing. Like if this were hmm. filmed, I would definitely suggest we do some sort of beer pong. But as it is, I imagine that that would be lame. Yeah, no one would see it. It would just be us. I'd be stressed about all the water splashing everywhere. Mm, true. Please don't splash water everywhere. I'll I be like real, real stressed. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. <clears throat> Stress is a hard thing in life. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about something fun instead. Ooh, what have you been been thinking about? So I found uh, I found something uh, on 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 Clickhole that I want to read to you. You are real a real fan of Clickhole. I love me some Clickhole. Mm, God damn, I love me some Clickhole. All right, okay. This is a news article posted today called "Jim Henson's Newly Discovered Journal Reveals the Muppets' Fascinating Backstory." All right. So uh, it's it's some excerpts from his journal. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read a bit to you. Go ahead. These are my notes for an exciting new cast of characters called The Muppets. I'm hoping The Muppets can become the new standard of excellence in family entertainment. Who are The Muppets? The Muppets are a family of messed up animals who are married to each other. The word Muppets is a combination of the words Muppets and Pets, because they are Muppets and I own them as pets. (laughs) The Muppets are my livestock and my friends. The Muppets perform in a show called The Muppet Show. They hate performing in The Muppet Show, but they know that if they don't sing and dance for America then I won't dump oats in their trough. The Muppets need the oats to live. I think families all over the world will delight in watching the Muppets learn to play together. 
The Muppets are all married to each other, and they do have sex with each other, but they don't understand why. It is my belief that the Muppets will bring endless joy to children and adults of all ages. One day, I, Jim Henson, will eat the Muppets. When they are fat, I will eat them. <laughs> um, oh, it's so good. <laughs> I am confused, but sure. Why, I guess this is just what Clickhole does, so I shouldn't be surprised. Do you, do you want to know why he eats the Muppets? No, why does he eat the Muppets? I want to eat the Muppets because they are delicious. That's it. <laughs> That's all it says. <laughs> uh, hmm. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly tell you the backstory for. Uh, let's give you the backstory for Rolf the dog. Well, so this is a. I thought that was the whole piece. No, no, there's a lot. Oh dear. I'm okay. not gonna read the whole. We're thing. We're gonna have to skim this. Yeah, yeah. Actually, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite Muppets? Mm, I like the drummer. What's his name again? Oh, uh, the drummer. Shit. Yeah, the monster dude. Oh, I think his name is Monster. They don't have anything for him here. You don't have anything for Monster? No. Who's your second favorite Muppets? I don't know. I'm not real big into Muppets, to be honest. You got to have a second favorite Muppets. I never Muppets. watched the Muppets. You I gotta, watched the Sesame Street. You got to know some other Muppets. Um, I don't know. Who's, to... who's another Muppet that you know? Those old dudes. Statler and Waldorf. Let's yeah. do it. Statler and Waldorf are two old grouches who sit in the balcony during the Muppet show and heckle all the Muppets. The balcony they are sitting in obscures Statler and Waldorf's bottom half, but if the audience could see it, they would see that Statler and Waldorf are two upper torsos sprouting out of the same large spider abdomen. <laughs> That's uncomfortable. I want to tell you about Rolf the dog real quick. Okay, you go ahead. Do you know who Rolf the dog is? I don't remember, I'm pretty, he, but I'm he, sure the audience will know. He, he plays the piano. He's, he's the dog. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. The Muppets worship Rolf the dog as a god. At the end of every episode of The Muppet Show... When the cameras stop rolling, the Muppets shave off all of Rolf's fur in a ritual known as Christmas, except bad. <laughs> Beneath Rolf's fur, his skin is pockmarked with a hundred frantic eyes. When the Muppets are in the world, they will shave Rolf the dog and look into his frantic eyes, which blink and shed tears. And reflected in the eyes of Rolf, they will not see themselves. They will see me, Jim Henson, licking my lips and eating Kermit the Frog off of an ivory plate. When the Muppets are in the world, they will sacrifice Professor Honeydew to their god Rolf every night by burning him in front of Rolf while Rolf looks Professor Honeydew right in the eyes and whispers, Give me your smoke. I'm going to yawn up your uh, smoke. Your smoke sustains me. Professor Honeydew will return every morning, and the Muppets never find out how Professor Honeydew returns from the dead, but every morning, Professor Honeydew wakes up excited to be burned alive once again. This is how it will be with Rolf the dog. Thanks be to God. Um, so, uh, you can't just push the button and have I've no been, idea. You gotta have words to say. I've been doing this procrastinating thing this week <clears throat> where instead of like, re- instead of doing my work, I just learn a lot of things, which is kind of fun. Uh-huh. Like it's a better method of procrastination than just like watching, I don't know, eight seasons of Seinfeld or something. Um, Tom looks at his box set of Seinfeld here on the... How many seasons are there in Seinfeld? I'm actually taking it out right now to check that. <laughs> Anyways, so, but I've, I've, been, I've been doing that, like, that kind of procrastinating where you can still sort of pretend that you're learning things. But I've been learning really random things. So, for example... Nine and a bonus disc. All right. Well, eight, after eight, you probably don't need to see the last one. I would argue you don't need to see the first one. It's not very good. Okay, fair. <clears throat> so I've been, like, for example... There was that like Ronda Rousey MMA fight. Oh my god! And I got really like curious about what is the whole deal with MMA, and then like started looking up all these commentaries on the fight and like play-by-play things, and like 
here is how you do a hip toss. And here is like particular kinds of grapples and things. And then I felt really weird about myself because I was just spending a lot of time like figuring out how these two girls had beat each other to a pulp. Yeah. I find MMA is interesting because it's like, I mean, we've talked about this, maybe not on the show in the past, but we've talked about how like hockey is basically like glorified, like brutality, right? Like it's, it's a, it's a game where we just watch people beat the shit out of each other. Right. Hockey is like the, our, our friend Josiah, I think made this point that hockey is sort of the, um, willing suspension of your human rights for the for money and the purpose of entertainment right i would say things like like self-preservation and like not getting assaulted type things you're just like no i'm okay with that i'm okay with a certain level of being assaulted and possibly injured because it's it's for entertainment and i'm gonna get paid right and i I would say that mma is a very similar thing if not even more than that potentially since the entire goal is to beat the shit out of each other whereas with hockey like theoretically you can play a hockey game without beating the shit out of the other players it just doesn't happen because it's just accepted that it will happen and you have to do it yeah because they're all roided up and stupid (laughs) well then fired (laughs) all right tom clearly is mad at the start of the hockey season man i'm we just i think we just lost all our canadian fans but okay fuck (laughs) them we we have our 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 american fans and ika (laughs) (laughs) oh man ika was so excited to like i told her that we had shouted her out in the past podcast and then she went and like listened to like four different podcasts trying to find the one that was hers and then she did so hi ika now you can now i can just tell you that it's this one and you can freak out about the fact that we said your name again yeah yeah she's cool though i actually talked to her yeah me too the other day like like in i like in real voice oh really cool yeah nice we yeah we have some cool fans yeah some cool listeners i don't know if they consider themselves fans but we have some cool people who at least acknowledge our existence uh yeah yeah Yeah. we've got a yeah but yeah so i don't know so what else did you learn i uh oh i i was also researching a lot of stuff about computer science Okay. So I learned how JPEG compression works, right? Um, which is for those scientists out there, essentially you like Fourier transform the image and then you cut out the high frequency data and then you Fourier transform it back. And you can't tell that a lot of the high frequency data is missing because your eyes are bad. Oh, interesting. Um, but you might be able to see it a little more clearly if you like blow the image up and look at it on a high def screen or something. Yeah. And also it works much better for images. So like it's... It's terrible for text. You know how when you JPEG text so so often oh, you'll see those weird like bad. artifacts. Yeah, because the whole idea of JPEG is that probably things don't change that much from like one pixel to the next right. in like a normal image. So if you remove the data that corresponds to like really quick changes between like from pixel to pixel, then probably it won't make a big difference, and your image will look pretty much the same. Okay. Um. Huh. So. The problem with text is that it's the opposite of that, right? It's all based around very precise white on black or like white on red changes, like one pixel to the next. So if you JPEG a text, then all of a sudden you end up with these crazy artifacts all over the place. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I've noticed when you JPEG a text, it ends up like you get little black dots all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. It's gross. It's bad. Yeah, it's not good. Gross, bad. So that was, and then I, it's all this, um, Brady Heron, the the guy who does, uh, a number file and uh i don't know periodic videos and uh, a bunch of different like uh youtube things has has another one called computer file and that's sort of what i've gotten into recently because oh, i i didn't because i watched i watched the imitation game 
which is that uh, that movie about Alan Turing. But- Butterstick Cumberbatch. Yeah, Butterstick Cumberbatch, and he, uh, you know, <clears throat> there were a whole bunch of series. There was a whole series on Computer File about like what he had actually done, um, his sort of contributions to computer science and stuff. Right. But the most interesting one that I found was one about artificial intelligence mm-hmm. and sort of thinking about artificial intelligence and about how you have to be really careful to imagine the other sorts of minds that could exist that are intelligent that aren't human minds when you think about artificial intelligence which is really difficult right right because like the only intelligent minds that we've like ever interacted with are human minds so trying to figure out how to imagine what other minds there could be is very strange so they have this idea like there's there's this basic idea of like general artificial intelligence which is that it has like an internal model of reality mm-hmm. with which it can sort of like imagine any given scenario. And then it has some sort of like utility function or like some, some way to decide which versions of reality it prefers. Okay. According to, so like for humans, it's like, you know, basically it's, it's just our emotions, right? It's what makes, what makes me happy, what makes me healthy, these kinds of things. We, go, we change reality according to which versions of reality will fulfill these goals that we have for example i see this water on the desk right and in my mind i imagine a version of reality where i have drank this water and i realize that it will satisfy something that i like which is that i get more water in my system that i'm no longer thirsty right and so i apply that to the world and then i drink this water oh i like that right so imagining an ai that does the same thing What's scary is that maybe its utility function is something that, like, if it's powerful enough and it has the wrong utility function, then it can have really disastrous consequences. Right. So the example that they give is, imagine that you're a stamp collector. Done. And you have decided that you are, like, and you've had some brilliant insight into artificial intelligence where it's it's like a program that can perfectly simulate reality and go through like imagine any scenario and it's optimized for getting you the most stamps in the next year. Oh my god. Right? Oh my god. Oh my god. David. What? David. Who's you'll, David? You'll never believe this. You're David. I can't believe you've forgotten this. You've been David your entire life for oh, 36 I'm, I'm, years. I'm so sorry. I'm David. so sorry. Yes. You know my stamp collection? Yeah. I figured something out. What? I figured out how to make all the stamps be part of my stamp collection. All right. Artificial intelligence i feel like you're referencing something <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, t- I'm telling you about artificial intelligence David. okay cool 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 how are you gonna do this i'm gonna i'm gonna imagine a situation where i have every stamp in the world okay and then i'm just going to figure out how to make that happen and then i'm gonna get all the stamps okay well he, uh, so so here's the point of art of of this thing is that you can imagine that like some some scenarios that the computer might imagine is that it goes on the internet, it looks on eBay, it finds a good price for stamps. You've right. given it like your credit card information or something. So it, you know, it goes and like it imagines a situation where it either, you know, bids on a stamp or doesn't bid on a stamp and it realizes that if it bids on the stamp then you'll have more stamps. So it chooses to do that, right? right. But the if it if it's too good at imagining reality, then the possibilities start ballooning, right? Because it doesn't. It can imagine a situation where it gets more stamps, which could be that, for example, it uses other people's credit cards. Okay, um, right. Or like, you know, just ima- if it has this perfect model of reality. Or it can imagine that it could start sending, you know, very persuasive emails to all the stamp collectors in the world, convincing them through like 
flawless logic that they should give all their stamps to you. Right. Or it can imagine taking over all the, the printing factories in the world and deciding that all they should do is print stamps. Right. Or it can imagine taking over all the manufacturing in the world to just make more printers that print more stamps and then send them to you. Or it can look around and say, oh, you know what stamps are made of? They're made of like carbon and oxygen and hydrogen. You know, you know what else is made of carbon, ox- oxygen, and hydrogen? Everything, people, trees, the world. So probably I'm going to need all this raw material just to make stamps. Oh my God, and then it kills all the people and <laughs> yeah. turns them into stamps. And then essentially it just, you know, if, if it's powerful enough, it starts like, yeah, it just does that. And the thing is, if it's smart enough, you can't kill it because as soon as it turns on, you become part of its like model of reality. So anything that it does that would make you turn it off goes into its modeling. So if you have the power to turn it off, it'll know that it it can't do anything that will make you turn it off just right. yet because that will decrease the number of stamps that you get in the end. So it will so, it will try its best to not be suspicious and if it's yeah, at or risk it'll of start suspicious, it'll do something that makes it essential to you so that you won't want to turn it off. Yeah, or it'll start copying itself to different parts of the world and downloading itself into, into like and taking over all the, you know, Oh. functions of everything sort of secretly so you don't know about it until it can you know launch its barrage of right. just turning the entirety of everything into stamps that's terrifying right so be careful when you make general ai yeah and also don't buy stamps guys do you hate waiting in line at the post office i sure do head over to stamps.com stamps.com you can print postage right from your home all you need is a digital scale i'm not we're not sponsored by stamps.com i'm sorry <laughs> is stamps.com a thing it is yeah oh, okay yeah, yeah we use it at work <laughs> <laughs> they sponsor a lot of podcasts but they don't sponsor us but all right stamps.com if you want to sponsor us i'll finish that ad next time i love this philosophy that we have of just like doing ads for companies <laughs> and then afterwards being like, hey, if you company ever hear about this, we will do this on the regular if you yeah. sponsor us. We will. Like, we will. Hit us up at, yeah. at patreon.com slash up for discussion or send us an email at upfordpodcast at gmail.com. Go to harrys.com slash up for discussion. Enter the <laughs> promo code. I don't sponsor this podcast yet and you'll get nothing. Guys, go to matthewperizo.com. <laughs> you want to tell that story? Uh, so I was in the Calgary airport uh, yesterday for a couple hours on a layover on my way back from BC. And um, my, my friend my friend Matthew Perizo, who I, I grew up with, we, we, we were friends when we were boys and we're still friends. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Lokes. That's L-O-A-W-K-E-S. Wow, that's a uh, good name. He must have gotten it early on. Matthew, yeah, I think he got it when he was born. No, like Lokes. Like he, that, he actually just got it recently. Because I feel like that's one of those things that is, it sounds cool enough that someone would snap it up. Yeah, but it's spelled in a weird way. Mm. So no one would have picked it up before. What else? Anyway, so I was tweeting back and forth with him, tweeting a bunch of bullshit about him. You can go back in my Twitter and find that. And then we stopped and I went to the bathroom. And while I was in the bathroom, I saw that he tweeted, I still haven't been owned online with an exclamation mark. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. And so... In that airport bathroom, uh, I logged on to GoDaddy.com and I purchased the domain name MatthewPerizo.com <laughs> and I instructed it to redirect to my Twitter profile. All right. <laughs> and so I now own Matthew Perizo online. <laughs> Excellent. <clears throat> there was some, I, I went, after you did that, I went on GoDaddy and I, I just, I wanted to see if AcapellaScience.com mm-hmm. is available. It isn't. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Someone probably snatched it up when your first video went <coughs> viral. In fact, I think someone someone sent me a 
like a message shortly after my after Bohemian Gravity, and they said, "Hey, just so you know, I've purchased your domain name so that nobody else." can purchase it if you want it just let me know yeah they Um, definitely want money they probably want money yeah but even if they you know if they don't i i can i can always go back and see who they are and message them be like hey (laughs) can i have that now (laughs) yeah and then sue them if they won't well i don't know if you can sue them well they made me a promise they made me a you know yeah, I guess i I guess it's a verbal contract youtube yeah youtube message is like it's not even just verbal well it is it's a written contract. A written, I guess. yeah, something or other. Did they put an e signature? An e sig? Ooh, there's you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna put water on this table. No, I, I'm not. I see what you're doing. I'm not. I'm I'm doing this thing where you leave just a little bit of water in your previous cup, and then you put your other cup inside it, and the water in the bottom cup rises to exactly the level of the water in the top cup because the cup weighs almost nothing. So to counteract the buoyant forces. It just rises up to the natural water level, and then it stays there. So it will never overflow unless I push it down. You're stressing me out. Yeah, well. You're you're stressing me out, T-Bone. What doesn't stress you out, Oh, I get it. That's really cool. Yeah, see? Whoa. Try this at home, kids. Yeah. Get get four small plastic cups. Mm Mm-hmm. Open the package. I mean, you're going to have to get more than four if it's a whole package. Oh, yeah. You might not be able to buy it. Buy a package of plastic cups. Remove four from the package. Pour water into all four cups. Mm-hmm. Put the cups inside of each other. Science. Tim, what did you do this weekend while I was away? Oh, what did I do? Let's see. I I mostly worked. I've been... Uh, I, I can't really say that I worked. I procrastinated, mostly. But I didn't do much of importance, I wouldn't say. I researched a bunch of stuff. Um, for like a a video that I want to make and I tried to do some things for another video I want to make like with like sound editing and things but at the same time my computer keeps glitching and it's real bad and other than that oh I went to Desiree's birthday party oh how was that it was a uh, well I I was uh I was hanging out with another friend so I didn't arrive until actually like one in the morning <laughs> Why was it still going on at one in the morning? What are these people? It was a party that only started at about eleven at night. It was Desiree it's and her and her friend who two, had decided that two hours is still too long for a party. <laughs> <laughs> Tom the introvert. Mm. So I arrived and everyone had cat faces on, and then someone drew a cat face on me, and they were all playing um, loud bumping music, and every seventh song was Taylor Swift's Twenty Two because Desiree was turning twenty two. <laughs> <laughs> and seven is a multiple of 22 so that makes sense yeah and uh, although 22 divided by seven is a very good approximation of pi whoa yeah so if you've got seven pies and you divide it by 22 people it's everyone a of, will a lot of pies. <laughs> everyone will have some pie everyone will have probably a little bit more pie than they wanted yeah probably yeah. that sounds about right no i didn't do much this weekend to be honest but uh, you want to tell us about your trip? Sure. Um, so I spent the weekend in uh, British Columbia. Okay. Uh, which is a lot like regular Columbia, except uh, many, many miles north and uh, mostly Anglophone. And British, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, no, it was fun. Uh, my grandparents are both still out on the West Coast. So mm. uh, <clears throat> I say still out on the West Coast, but I mean, they... As opposed to being in jail on the West Coast. Yeah. I mean, they, they could be like on the lamb on the West Coast. Yeah. They're they're not. They're, they're just chilling. 
so they're chilling on the West Coast, Best Coast, and I go out and visit them every once in a while. You take uh, that back. What? West Coast, Best Coast. We're not on the East Coast. We're what? we're landlocked. Yeah. I mean, Montreal specifically is not landlocked, but whatever water is around Montreal is landlocked. Yeah, but the East Coast has lobsters. The East Coast does have lobsters. But let me tell you something about the West Coast. Okay. The West Coast has lobsters? Has Chinamen. Um, Lots. Of, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's actually funny that the neighborhood I grew up in um, used to have just a bunch of little like cafes and stuff. Okay. And I went back a couple of years ago. Uh, this is in Vancouver. And uh, it was just all like Chinese restaurants. Ah, where where were you in Vancouver? Uh, Marple. It's like the, <coughs> it's like a little ghetto next to Shaughnessy. Marp. Is it like where Miss Marple is from? Probably. Yeah. I don't know who she named, is. But named, you know, Miss Marple from. Uh, oh, the teacher it? from the school bus show. No, that's Miss. I don't know. Miss something else. Miss Marple. She was this lady who would solve crimes oh. on TV. Oh, um, from the murder she wrote. Murder she wrote. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't know. I have no idea. Okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, so no, uh, I was on the West Coast visiting the Grand Folk, um, flew down Friday morning and got back last night, Monday night. Uh, it was good. It was fun. Uh, I bashed my face open on a desk. Oh, shoot. <laughs> that was exciting. How uh, did that occur? I, I don't know. You know when you stand up and the blood rushes to your head and you um, kind of wobble a little? Yeah. Yeah, uh, that happened, but I wobbled a little too hard and actually blacked out for a second. And Yeesh. then the next thing I knew, I was on the ground in a lot of pain. And I was like, why am I on the ground? Why is my face hurting? Oh, I must have hit it on the desk. Wow, my face is really, really hurting. Which made me kind of sympathize with babies, right? Because when babies hurt themselves, they kind of like stop for a second and look around and then they start crying. Right. And like, and you always time, think that it's like, oh, well, this baby's just going for attention. Yeah, but sometimes it's like, actually, no, like your body's adrenaline like stopped you from initially realizing how much pain you're in. And then if you stop for a couple seconds, you're like, oh, this is painful. Because <laughs> uh, I didn't realize I was in like excruciating pain for the first like... 20 seconds after hitting the floor no, it kind of builds like, yeah. yeah and then i was like oh oh god oh oh yeah this is this is real bad and so i went to the bathroom and i wasn't like too bloody i just i bit my lip and you know cut my cheek a little bit hmm. uh, and i bruised my like like just above my right eye so it's basically oh, just like a line from my right eye down to like the left side of my chin <laughs> you, that just you like hit. bashed various parts of the desk. It's, it was like it was like the, the just the side of the desk, like the big swipe of corner. Yeah, I have no idea. I guess you don't yeah. know, eh? I, I have no idea. I, I totally blacked out until after it happened. That's so, scary. Yeah, it was fun. Um, so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I'm still a little sore. I have a bruise on my jawbone and on my eye thing. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you call that part where your eyebrow is? Um, your eyebrow ridge yeah i guess like the the bony part of my eyebrow has a bruise your eye socket a cut like on my bottom lip uh the inside of my lip is okay though it's you know it's lips heal fast on the inside yeah and then i have a cut on my on the left side of my jaw that's conveniently hidden by beard so no one can see it but it means that i can't shave my beard or people are going to ask what happened and then i'm gonna have to explain and it's like no fucking listen to my podcast you'll know what happened but also if you shave like with a cut somewhere already then you've got to worry about like cutting into the cut and stuff. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, I would, when there's a scab there. Yeah, I would just take the the beard trimmer to it, so I wouldn't be in too much trouble. Mm. But it would just be visible, and then I'd have to explain it to people, and like nobody got time for that. So you just explain it on the podcast, and then if they don't know, they'll never know. Exactly, I explained it once, never more. But now you can shave your beard now, and then if people ask, you may listen to my podcast. Oh, good call. And that's all you have to There's say. A bit of free, free, free. <coughs> publicity yeah your scar becomes a like 
an advertisement for Up for Discussion. Whoa. Have you ever thought about carving Up for Discussion into your face? Uh, like a tattoo? No, carving. Like with wood? Yeah. No. Like you turn your face into wood. No. And then you carve it. Oh, and then uh, you unturn it into wood. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I know a lot of wood carvers and they, they are not usually that good. No, they can't carve letters. No, like they usually carve patterns and like shapes. I've, letters are patterns and shapes. No, Tim, they're letters. <laughs> Your letters. Didn't you ever go to kindergarten? No, no, I did. I did. Kindergarten was the only school that I went to until grade 10. Wow. Yeah, it was great. Tell me we about your this- kindergarten. Where'd you go? I went to this, well, my kindergarten was pretty good. I went to uh, Mount Pleasant Elementary School. Sounds nice. In Hudson. It's on a mount. It's kind of pleasant. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was this teacher called Mrs. Vipond, who still lives in Hudson mm-hmm. and is a very nice lady. Cool. She good taught us her. lots of songs about penguins and things. Penguins. Um, yeah. She, uh, she, would, she convinced us of a lot of supernatural stuff, which is kind of weird. Huh. Like... That she convinced us that all our teddy bears were alive. Oh, that's that's fun. Yeah. So that was the, the, the like the the initial thing was of it was that we all brought our teddy bears to school for a teddy bears picnic, and then we went out for recess. We came back and all the teddy bears had like moved around and they were like getting into everything and oh, stuff. Oh shit! And we were like, oh, the teddy bears are alive. Um, and I think probably for most kids they just took it as okay that was cool and they left it mm-hmm. but i came home and i expressed to my family my teddy bear is very much alive and i was very convinced of this mm-hmm. um and so my siblings took it upon themselves to start um moving my toys around right right and pretending that my toys were just alive all the time um and i like i believed this for a very long <laughs> time for like a couple of i don't know couple, probably about a year um, they would do this and it got to the point where they would like they would bring me outside so I could see like the the upstairs windows and one of them would have to remain inside to like receive messages from the toys and then the toys would like dance in the windows Whoa. <laughs> and I was like this was I think this was very soon after Toy Story as well okay, came out that so doesn't help yeah <laughs> yeah so it was like very much on everybody's mind that like yeah. toys were alive and stuff and so I was just I was just utterly convinced, you know, man, like I, I the, my toys were alive. And there were a couple of times like at night before going to sleep that I could have sworn that I had seen my toys move. So that was like my gold standard of proof. Right. Right. Like, like Lammy had moved his ear just a little bit just to let me know, you know, like he wouldn't he wouldn't do too much, but just enough. Yeah. And then which like, you know, it might have. Right. Objects can kind of shift a little bit on shelves. Yeah, it's very possible. Especially stuffed animals that are kind of weighted a little bit differently. Like they're not like a book. Like a book's not going to move, but a stuffed animal, there's some parts there that can like wobble. (laughs) Some parts and some some, uh, stuffed animals come with wobbly parts. I'm just saying that sometimes your stuffed animals are going to start moving their parts in your sleep. Yes. So after about a year, my siblings got tired of always doing this game. And they decided to tell me that my stuffed animals were not, in fact, alive and they'd been moving them the entire time. Right. And I was destroyed. Yeah, that's, I was a, just like, that's crushing. I was just like, I, I would not believe it. And Ugh. I was like, just complete, like, it was, it was a part of, a part of me died that's that like, day. That's one of those things where you would have been better off probably if they hadn't told you, but they'd just stop doing it. Because you'd just yeah. start to wonder like, oh, maybe it's just not happening anymore. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. And then eventually you'd be like, Hey, uh, Tom, MJ, why why aren't my stuffed animals moving anymore? And they'd be like, oh, you must just be too old now. 
like <laughs> see that would eventually been, you know maybe you that would just been, been smart, like wow but, a loss of innocence but instead you were like wow my siblings are assholes yeah but also a loss like i wasn't so worried like it, w- it wasn't so much that i thought my siblings were to blame it was just that like all these friends that i thought i had didn't exist oh you know <laughs> like that was the that was the worst thing just yeah. like but and then um, they, because I was so distraught, they, they sort of made this excuse of like, well, it might've been us some of the time, but what about that uh, one time? Like, oh, not, oh no, that wasn't me. Oh, that wasn't me either. Whoa. Like, nice. You know? And That's then good. they Quick, kept it going for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. They kept it going for a little bit, but the, the magic was mostly gone. I, mm-hmm. I sort of grew to accept that they were not real. Yeah. And that's why I, that's probably why I stopped believing in Santa Claus so early. Man. I feel like Santa, I, I don't know if I would ever, like, I don't think I would encourage my kids to believe in Santa Claus. It's kind of a weird precedent to set, right? Well, especially just, like, as a Christian, right, Santa Claus is kind of iffy. Not because it's, like, pagan stuff. Like, I don't give a shit about that. But it's, like, here's the thing. If you, if you are telling your kids that there is this, like, other, like, omniscient being who knows everything that they're doing, sees everything that they're doing year round and then makes judgments on them. Yeah. You're kind of putting Santa Claus in this God position that's dangerous for kids, right? Like you're kind of, you're, you're basically telling them an outright lie that there is a second person who is capable of the things that God is capable of. Yeah. And not only that, and then you tell them that it's a lie and that like for years you have perpetuated this lie to their faces. You've perpetuated the lie and you've, you've broken their trust. Yeah. Like you've been lying to your kids outright for years. And now you're just like, Oh, that wasn't true. And then, yeah. Cause so many people, um, refer to like so many, so many atheists who are grown up refer to God as like the Santa Claus of adults, right? That's how right. they see it. Like, oh yeah, we were all told this story when we were kids and then we all found out it wasn't true. It's just how you do things. Yeah. Which shouldn't be how you do things. It sets a dangerous precedent. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say that like, you know, everybody should not tell their kids that Santa Claus is real. But I think that for me, like I won't. I will right. probably be like, you know, if my kids are like, oh, who's Santa? I'll be like, he's a character, like the characters on TV that you believe in who like, you know, are fake, but they're cool. Yeah. I'll be like, and like, yeah, you can Santa, still, you yeah. can still pretend that he's coming down the chimney to like give you presents. Hell no. I'm going to take credit for that shit. Well, you, you can, I mean, if I buy my kid an Xbox, <laughs> some fat fake guy who isn't God is not going to be taking credit for that shit. <laughs> I love how you have to specify some fat fake guy who isn't God. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, let's say, let's face it. If God gives my kids gifts, I'm not going to take credit for them. Okay. Fair but, enough. But like, you know, if, if it's me, like, yeah, no, I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, Theodosia, it was somebody else. No, it was me. Theodosia and totes bro. Those are your kids. These are my children's <laughs> names. Fuck it. That's great. Um, uh, no, yeah, I want to, I, I want to have a son named Peter so I, that he can be Pete Zalatni. Pete Zal- <laughs> <laughs> Mike drop. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that was good. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I would <clears throat> like, I, because Santa Claus is so, so much a part of like the culture. Right. And I don't want to, I don't want my kids to like be those jerk kids who are going around <clears throat> and like ruining Christmas for all the other kids. Being like, right. Cause Santa's not real. I'm smarter than you. Santa's not real. Right. So I think I I would definitely want to imbue on them that like, you know, this is something that some kids think is fun to believe and, you know, probably don't be the, like, like you can go, you can pretend with them if you want. Yeah. Um, but like, it's, you know, it's just not really true. Yeah. Well, that's it. Just as long as they know that Santa (laughs) Claus isn't any more real than Iron Man, then I think it'll be fine. They're not going to become assholes, but they're also not going to be fed lies. Yeah, it's like a it's like an imaginary game, which is 
pretty much how I want my, I don't know, when we, when I grew up with my siblings, pretty much all we did was like imaginary games, just like, let's imagine that we're a thing, and then we do that. Man. Right? That, yeah. <coughs> Having siblings must be great. Siblings is cool. Siblings yeah. is cool. It's a lot harder to do that kind of <coughs> shit when you're a, lo- a lonely child. Lonely child. Did you have like f- friend kids when you were a kid friend? Uh, I mean, to some extent, like, you know, not when I was super, super young, but like in elementary school, I guess, and like, like late elementary school, early high school, like Josiah was a bit like that for me. Mm. The like couple of years apart in age, like cool friend that spent a lot of time together and was sort of siblingy. Right. But <clears throat> what were your uh, main activities as a youngsman? As a, like, on, like when I was a, flying solo as a, as a child. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of like toys that I played with by myself toys yeah like i had like i have like right right over there oh i just banged the mic sorry mm. you see that brown box under my desk i do so that brown box has like about 50 digimon toys in it nice like they're like the tiny ones that are like vending machine sized and so I used they're to just the size of shit. vending machines <sighs> they're like gumballs timothy they're <laughs> but, the size of gumballs but you cannot eat them oh i ate some pepperoni before recording and now i've got the heartburn oh dear <clears throat> so you were kind of like andy Andy. Yeah, like Toy Story Andy. Oh, that Andy. I thought you were talking about my friend Andy. And like, I was like, maybe, but he had siblings, so he might not have been as lonely as I was. Like loner kid who only plays with his toys. And then like continues, like considering that he doesn't know these toys are alive, continues this weird attachment to them for like a long time. You know, I kind of, to some extent, I get that attachment because I have this bear that I've had since I was like two or three. Yeah. That like I still have. I still keep it around. I would never get rid of it. He lives in a drawer now instead of on my bed, but mostly just because I don't have room on my bed because I'm a big person. True. But like even when Andy is going to college or whatever, like in Toy Story 3, you like never see him interact with any other people. Oh, yeah. He doesn't really have friends. But that's because it's the Toy Story, right? I guess so. It's like on Game of Thrones. You don't see people playing any other games because it's focused on the thrones. (laughs) (laughs) Similarly, it's not Andy's friend's story. It's Toy Story. (laughs) The, you've uh, you've beaten me with flawless <laughs> logic. What a great, yeah, great, I mean, great world. They don't play Game of Life. They don't they? I think Game of Life actually does make a, an appearance in Toy Story. No, no I meant on Game. I'm, I meant on the Game of Thrones. Oh well, yeah. they do play the Game of Life. Yeah, Just some not everybody is playing the Game of Thrones, right? It's only like five or six people. Okay, in the but whole they thing. don't play Monopoly. Um, what about those people who have all the resources? Okay, but they don't play Battleship. Yes, they do. God damn, I can't think of a single board game that's not that's that's not going to get rebutted. <laughs> oh, Game of Thrones. That's why it's such a, a masterful storytelling thing because it like literally every game is played in that game of Thrones. <laughs> it's a brilliant show. Yes. Yeah. Like, guess who? Totally being played all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Operation at least once with Varys. Yeah. Uh, uh, go fish. Um, there's some fish. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't wake daddy. Oh, that's a, yeah. I mean, unless you're planning to kill him with a crossbow. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. Was he on the shitter when that happened? Yeah, I think so. Nice. Nice. Uh, crocodile dentist. Oh, crocodile dentist is great. I never actually played it, but I always what? saw it on TV. It was one of those things that I was like, I want that. And I have I never that got somewhere. It. Really? Yeah. It's a very simple concept, eh? Yeah. It's basically that like any given round, one of the teeth like the mechanism has loaded it so that it when you push it down it flicks a switch that drops the top of the thing down right and all the other teeth don't have that but you're never sure which one it's going to be yeah because it 
randomizes it. I'm sure it's on some kind of set repeating patterns. So then does it like bite you? I mean, it doesn't really bite you. Like the teeth don't actually close in on each other. Ah. It just ends up leaving like half an inch of space, which is enough that like kids fingers can still get out. But it's like surprising more than anything. Right. Yeah. Because that was always my worry. Like I always saw that and I wondered like, does that hurt? No. It. The thing is, you're more likely to hit the teeth if you like swing your hand out of the way than if you just leave your hand there while you've pushed the button down. Fair. Right. Because you push the tooth in, the top teeth don't actually go through the like between the spaces. They just stop right above them. Ah. So if you just push the tooth in and leave your finger there, you're not going to get bit. Fair. That's yeah. smart. Yeah. That's curious. Was there ever something that like. Like, you know how kids sometimes for Christmas or something, they'll like really, really, really want, they'll fixate on one particular thing. Oh, yeah. They really, dad. Really, uh, <laughs> had to go and make it service. <laughs> no, I never wanted a dad for Christmas. Yeah. That would have been like a, a movie kind of moment. I I guess people don't really do that in real life. No. <laughs> in, in real life, there's shit like Xboxes and they're like, man, I want an Xbox. It's like, you sure you don't want your dad to come back? No. <laughs> yeah. This makes for a good line in a, in a movie. Yeah, but I don't know. Was there ever anything like that for you? Uh, I mean, I think every year I had a Christmas list. Okay. I don't know if there was ever anything that was like, Mom, I have got to have this. This is the greatest thing of all time. Right. It was always like, hey, this is something that appeals to my interests. Can I? And like, so like, I think the biggest thing was the N64. Ah. Because that was my first game console that I like actually owned. And so that was, you know, I think we had just moved here. And it was like, if I could have a anything for christmas it would be that that video game so i can play the smash brother and And then you did yeah see i never was allowed video game consoles right so that was that was definitely out for me the one thing like that that really sticks out for me there was this very strange toy um called a kitty surprise have you ever heard of the kitty surprise no no (laughs) it had this um wait wait, spell kitty what K-I-T-T-Y. Okay, I wasn't sure if you were saying kitty or like kitty, like child. No. What? Like a child, you know. Yeah, so they had this theme song. So we're talking felines. Surprise, surprise, kitty surprise. How many kitties are there inside? There could be one, two, three, four, or five. And the idea was that you had a mama kitty with who was like pregnant with baby kitties in this like little pouch in her plush stomach that had Velcro. And then you would buy the mama kitty not knowing how many kitten kitties there were. Right. And then you would open up the belly of the mommy and find out how many kittens you had in this baby kitty, in, in this mama kitty. So, Ew. Yeah. <laughs> it's like looking back, it's like, that's kind of weird because basically you're like performing this cesarean section on a cat. Wait, wait. Is it every every round of the game there's a different number? No, 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 no. You just, just buy, you buy the cat what? and then you find out how many kittens are inside it i think actually that that's ringing a weird bell yeah i think i might remember that but that's that's there was like doggy surprise and a bunch of different like surprise toys but like do the parents know how many are in each one so (laughs) no 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 you buy it having no idea so you might open it up and find none and just be like sorry infertile (laughs) (laughs) and the parents are just like god damn it not again (laughs) fortunately (laughs) there if they are parents who are saying this there's something wrong with your logic but uh there, no, there was always at least one. You could get from one to five, um, in a in a kitty. So my <laughs> mine mine had three, and I like named them all. And it are was they great. are they proportional though? Like if you if you only get one, is it the size of five? <laughs> I don't think so. Then that's a jip, right? Oh, but I mean, I don't like that word jip. I feel but, like that might be a racial slur, actually. Yeah, I like, think so. Against my people, your people? Yeah, 
the are gypsies. You, are you related I, to gypsies? I'm sure I've got some gypsy blood. My family's all kinds of Euro trash. Oh, well then. <clears throat> but yeah, so kittens. Kittens. Yeah. Man, I love kittens. Kittens are pretty great. Yeah. So I was thinking about, I was thinking about like family. Family. This weekend. As in we are family. Yeah. Okay. I've got all my, what is it? Siblings, sisters, sisters it's, it's, with me. Yeah, it's it's a it's a monogender family. In yeah, that song. Well, I mean, you know, fair it's, enough. It's the twenty first century. Not at the time. When was that written? Way back in the day. Wasn't Damn. it like seventies? Like Damn. I don't know. Maybe it was a fraternity or a sorority song. Maybe. Anyway, I've been thinking about family. Okay. Uh, you know, driving my Toyota family down the uh-huh. road. Um, you know, because I was with my family. Uh, and just thinking about like, you know, the good things about family and also the challenges of family. Okay. So like thinking about how to deal with like troublesome relationships with your family members, Mm. how to like love people, even if you don't see them enough. Right. Okay. So like I have this issue with my grandparents where like I love them to death, but they definitely love me a lot more than I love them. Okay. Like, both, like, actively and emotionally. Like, their emotional attachment to me is a lot bigger than my emotional attachment to them. Hmm. Like, I don't know. It's weird. Because I think because I don't see them enough, it's really hard for me to, like, be seriously invested in that relationship. Right. But at the same time, I I do, like, love them. And when I see them and spend time with them, I'm like, oh, you guys are great. And when I talk to them, like, I'm filled with love and warmth. But, like, I don't think about them on a daily basis like I do with other people in my life that I love. Right? Right. And so I'm kind of like... But whereas for them, like, I occupy a lot of their thoughts. Interesting. <laughs> and it makes me feel kind of guilty, but also, like, nah, I shouldn't feel guilty about that, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think like, sort of my, like, I guess to a, I don't know, to a lesser extent or whatever, you can't tell emotional states, but, like, you know, par- mm. my parental relationships are kind of similar, right? Like, right. Like, I think my mom... It, at least if we're judging by like the directionality of phone calls, right. my mom thinks about me quite a bit more than I think about her. Right. Um, but I think that's like, in a way, I, I don't know, that's sort of normal, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. <clears throat> like <clears throat> that, I don't know, like you, you don't stop being as important to your, I don't know, ancestors as you get older. But your world expands. Yeah. And so a lot more things are important to you. Well, and the thing is also like you sort of take it for granted, right? Because you they're just in your life from the day you're born. Yeah. Whereas for them, like as soon as you are born, you are this new person, right? Like you probably can you think of anyone in the world that you love more than Babo? More than uh, your, your little niece over there. Babo's pretty great. I spent like a good half an hour with her just like climbing all over me today. Right? And it's because she's this like person that you love who's like flesh and blood but like you didn't know them forever right like you you didn't watch her come into the world but you may as well have right right and so it's this different thing where it's like oh actually like because you like because i know you the way that i know you like from as small as i've known you i'm capable of loving you in this way crazier way that's just more intense and more deep than what I feel even toward my own parents. Hmm. And maybe that's not true with like a niece, but like with your own kid, like yeah. probably that is a safe assumption, right? Yeah, I would think so. At least from yeah. parents I know who are good at being parents. Yeah. <clears throat> and so it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't necessarily feel bad, but it's like, okay, but then how do you show love to those people who you don't see that often? Yeah. Right? Like, how do you love your family? 
<laughs> yeah, you have to. It has to be an effort, right? I think so. Yeah, but it's a it's a thing that yeah you you have to sort of put some balances in place because your natural inclination may be to do less for that person than you should, right? Right. Totally. <clears throat> Which is the subject of you know all parental relationships in sitcoms and movies <laughs> and everything else, right? Yeah, it's like Fraser's dad moves in with him and he's neglected him for a long time and realizes that he kind of needs him and then slowly realizes that. You know, he needs his dad as well. And, you know, they learn to love each other. Yeah. Frasier. <clears throat> Whoa. I just started bleeding. Oh, That's really? Exciting. Yeah. From your from your hand, though. Yeah. I was picking Not... I was picking at a nail. <clears throat> yeah. That's better from than your face. Yeah. At least it's not my face. Did you need like, did you like go to the hospital or anything? Uh, no, I didn't need stitches or anything. Okay. No, no, no. Like the more significant amount of blood was just from inside my lip, Ah. which within like half an hour stopped bleeding. Yeah. Mouths heal super quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to someone earlier uh, who listens to the show but has asked to remain anonymous. Okay. Um, and so I will also attempt to not use any gendered pronouns. Okay. Uh, in order to keep this person's identity completely hidden and secret from you. The they? Listener. Can we use they? Yeah, I can use they. They is okay. a non-gendered pronoun. Um, it's always weird to me that it's a non-gendered singular pronoun, but whatever. Yeah, but I mean, I've been using they as a non-gendered singular pronoun since I was a child. Yeah, me too. It's just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, maybe one day we'll progress enough to have a specific word that everyone, <laughs> everyone in the non-gendered communities associates with. Anyway, I was talking to this person earlier and they were telling me about this problem they've been having with their family. Okay. Where basically they have gone away to college, uh, or university or whatever you choose to call it, uh, and are living in dorms. And then when they come home to their parents' house, it doesn't take very long for their parents to start criticizing them and telling them that they're, you know ungrateful and making bad decisions in their life and kind of you know Mm, not not being easy parents to love okay Uh, and this person was you know basically just coming to me and being like oh this really sucks like what do i do and i my best advice was kind of like try to love them through it but i'm wondering if you've got any thoughts on like how to love parents who have unrealistic expectations or maybe not even maybe not even unrealistic necessarily but just expectations you don't get i don't know yeah it's it's that always strikes me as really tricky and also really personal to, I don't know, really personal to the relationship. And so I'm really careful to like speak on that for other people's relationships. Mm-hmm. Like for my own family, I know that <clears throat> anytime my parents like tell me to do something differently with my life, it's like it's it's a suggestion, right? It's like, I think that your life would be better this way. Mm-hmm. But also if you keep doing what you're doing, like, you know, I'm not going to feel personally offended by it right. and be like, okay, like that's, you know, that's your decision. But I know for a lot of people like they're, I don't know, they have, their parents have a lot more, um, yeah, like expectations of the sort of person they're going to be. Right. Mm. And it's like, often it's tied up with the, like that parent, you know, wanting like security in their old age or like, you know, like when, when you think about, like you need to go off and get a good job, right? It's like part of, part of it is like I want you to do well in life, and part of it is also like so you know so that you can take care of me when I'm old, kind of thing, right? Like mm-hmm. that's a a real thing, right? Um, and like I don't like I think ultimately you do like you do have to live your own life, yes, but also you have a responsibility to love and take care of the people that you know, brought you into the world and like, like if you at all can, um, and like, I don't know, it's a tough balance to find. So I find, I, I feel like 
in terms of like direction of life and like day to day things, mm. you know, you can to a certain point you can accommodate people, but also to a certain point, like you, you, you know, you're going to have to be you, right? If your yeah. parents want you to be a lawyer and you hate the idea of being a lawyer, it's not going, you're not going to be a very good lawyer by doing it just because your parents want you to, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, looking at what goals you can reasonably fulfill that is really what your parents are looking at, right? Because like, even if your parents might express it in terms of like, my kid should be a lawyer, really what they're looking at is, you know, hopefully is my kid should be like successful in life right. and have the things that I want them to have and like be able to provide for me. Um, and so like showing your parents, like taking the time to show your parents that in the life you choose, if it's different from the life they want, you are in fact successful and happy and if possible, like will be willing slash able to take care of them mm-hmm. is I don't know, at least can sort of soften that, I guess. Yeah, totally. I think that there's definitely like, it's a cultural thing as well, right? Yeah. Where like in some parts of the world, like there's a much much more pressure put on family than there is in North America. Yeah, for sure. So like, I don't know what this person's context is for that kind of stuff. Like I have no idea what the climate is like where they are. I have no idea what their family's personal. I mean, like even just within ethnic groups in Canada, I know that like, it's like, oh yeah, like, you know, white families and Asian families have completely different stuff. Oh yeah, totally. And so like, I have no idea what this person's family's values are like in that respect, but definitely like just trying to make an effort to accommodate your family while also making them understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I mean, it just kind of comes down to like empathy and communication and compassion and, you know. Yeah. I think I love, love them through it is a pretty good hmm. guideline, like good on you, I guess, because, you know, like looking, looking at love in terms of like, I don't know, not necessarily the emotion, but the, like the wanting the best for the other person and like communicating that you want the best for that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like, you're willing to respect them and like listen to their point of view and stuff. Mm. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like with reasonable people, then that's like, you know, that's going to get you pretty far, even if ultimately you can explain to them that you do not want to follow their decisions for your life. Mm. Like if they're completely unreasonable and your parents are crazy, then that's, I, that's a little bit of a different thing, right? That's at some point you can't be controlled by, unreasonable people Mm -hmm. yeah Um, but that's it if it gets to the point where it's like you really cannot reason with them and you feel like you're in danger and you feel like they're like a negative impact in your life then like sometimes the most loving thing you can do is to just like walk away and give them space Mm. i don't know like there was a point where like my mom and i are close now but there was a point right after i moved out where she did something that i thought was actually really really horrible Right. And I was like, I'm not going to talk to you for a while while you sort this out and, you know, while you figure out how to deal with the consequences of what you've done. Yeah. Uh, and she was kind of like not thrilled about that, but understood that, like, for me, this was something that I could not look past. At right. The time. And I was like, I need time to process this. And clearly you need time to figure out, like, why what this what you did was not great and why, like, you sort of need to, you know, sort stuff out. Uh, without saying too much <laughs> and and like you know a few months later she was like okay so like you know this is where I'm at and I was like okay this is where I'm at and by that point I had said I'm going to forgive her but not like forgive the sin right like you forgive the sinner yeah you know so if it's the kind of thing where you just need space and distance like maybe take that you're yeah. you know 
to this person who was talking to me earlier, like you live in dorms now, like you no longer are your, they're not your legal guardians anymore. Right. Like you are on your own. You're an adult. Yeah. You're living at school. Like, yeah, it's good to be able to go home to your family and you should want to have a good relationship with them. But if you need extra space, like don't go home as often, (laughs) call them more, talk to them, you know, when you're not at home with them, it's sometimes easier to do that than when you're like actually sharing the same space. I think one of the things that is tricky as like someone who's out on your own is especially if you have, I don't know, if you have never said no to your parents or can't or don't feel like you can say no to something that your your mm-hmm. parents request of you, right? If you have, I don't know, if you have that perception of yourself or they have that perception of you that you will, um, <clears throat> you know, follow whatever it is that they say, then it's very hard to like decide that now after my entire life, I am going to stop being that person. Right. And I'm going to decide to break that. And it's... Like, I think it is, I would say it's important to do that, but I don't really know how, like, yeah, but that, like that happens in a lot of different relationships, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who say that like marriages go bad because of stuff like that, where you, um, like you, you become, you sort of like become the other person's like, yes, person. Right. And you don't tell them what you actually think. You tell them what you think will make them happiest. And like you're sort of, hmm. you're in, instead of being who you are and being honest about that, you're like molding who you are in order to control the emotional state of that person hmm. to be agreeable to you, right? Yeah. Um, and doing that makes you feel very isolated and like that person has no idea who you actually are, which is, mm-hmm. you know, likely to be true. Yeah. So I think that's an important thing to get out of. But it is, I'm not going to lie, it's, it sounds really <laughs> scary. Yeah, it's a delicate balance getting out of that, right? Because you don't want to just do it too harshly because that'll be bad. But yeah. you don't want to do it too slowly because you feel like you're suffocating. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. My my best advice would be, yeah, try to try to love them. Try to understand where they're coming from. Try to make them understand where you're coming from in a gentle way. And like slowly build yourself into a place of being more independent so that if you have to, you can just be like, I'm sorry, this is not working right now. Like you know yeah cut them off <laughs> it's hard but you know sometimes you have to do that with negative people True. but you know it's a lot I'm harder definitely, when it's family yeah i'm definitely far more in favor of remaining you know on good terms and in a relationship of some sort with your family but don't be afraid to try and figure out how to make that relationship work if it's changing the way that the dynamic is or if it's you know just more open communication more frequent communication i have no idea Mm. but try things see what sticks <laughs> well thank yeah. you dr crane <laughs> should we should we go out on a freestyle a freestyle a freestyle um, i don't know do you do i feel like before we like if we we should address paris and like see if we i don't know do you have any thoughts about i feel like so much has mm. been said oh, yeah. about True. paris this week and like my facebook is blowing up on the left and the right people mm. you know people being angry at Muslims and people being angry at people being angry at Muslims and going off about, you know, Im- immediately the, uh, you know, all all the reasons why this confirms their various political biases oh, and boy. things. And, yeah. <clears throat> um, like, I, I really think it's important to just say, like, you know, if you're affected by this, we love you. Mm-hmm. We support you. Um, you're, you know, you have people who are not evil, who care about you. And, uh, 
you know, stay safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, <clears throat> I don't know. There's, I think there's another day and more important people than us who can like discuss all the like political battling and stuff. Okay. And I would, <clears throat> you know, I have had some, some good like personal conversations with people hmm. about sort of the more political aspects of how this, you know, whether this affects like the refugee situation. Right. And whether it affects, you know, whether Canada should be bombing ISIS and stuff like that. But right. I don't, I prefer to have those conversations with individual people where you can yeah. really understand each other <clears throat> and be empathetic and yeah. not broadcasting them to the world. That's so, it. I kind of, I don't know that I feel comfortable or informed enough to really make statements about where I stand on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I'm with you just in saying like, I don't think anyone doesn't think this is a tragedy. I think yeah. it is a tragedy that these things happen. I think it's important to acknowledge that there are also a bunch of other tragedies happening the same day, which is crazy. True. Like yeah. Friday was not a good day. <clears throat> it was not um, a great day. Like, yeah. So I think it's, I think that it's significant to, you know, acknowledge those things and to grieve those losses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's shitty to shame people who, you know, are only paying attention to one of those things just because they're ignorant of the others. Yeah. Because uh, to be like, <laughs> I, like I, I have only learned about, yeah. And, and like, I, I only learned about, you know, for example, the bombings in Lebanon because of people sharing things saying, hey, did you guys also know that there was a bombing in Lebanon? Right. And, well, and, that's it. Like, like there were like five or six countries on Friday that had yeah. tragic things <clears throat> happen in them. And like if you know about those things or if you don't know about those things, go look it up. If you do know about those things, like you should maybe be showing compassion for all of those people. But... But I if, saw a yeah. lot of people like railing against the people who like changed their Facebook profile pictures to the Paris flag or the France flag. Yeah. And it's like, okay, no, maybe, maybe like gently inform them that there's other stuff also happening, but like they're just showing compassion. Yeah. That like, is not. <laughs> yeah. Like don't grief shame. Why are you grief shaming? Right. This is like, it's, it's like that, I don't know, that Jesus parable, right? About the people who, I don't know, the people who work all day and then the people who work for like, an hour and they all get the same wage mm-hmm. and Jesus is like, and they're, they're like all mad that they all got the same amount of money at the end of the day. And the, the guy who paid them is like, how is like that person getting more affecting you? Like the per- the fact that that person is, is being grieved for is not changing the state of anything. And, and in fact, like right. it is like through this conversation, it's making people more informed. That's the thing. Yeah. Like I know about the Lebanon bombings because of the attack on yeah, Paris. Exactly. Like, I don't, I don't know if I would have known otherwise. Yeah. And so like this, this idea that the attack on Paris is taking away from that conversation or, or from, from like the knowledge of those things, I think is, I think is wrong. Like I see where, mm-hmm. I see where they're coming from in terms of like, you know, like Western centric, etc. Like, but, yeah. And and maybe, you know, if we're going to yell at anyone about those Paris flag, or I keep saying Paris flag, you know what I mean, fuck. If yeah. we're going to yell at anyone about the French flag Facebook photo thing, maybe we should yell at Facebook. Yeah, yell at Facebook. And like be that's... like, hey, Facebook, maybe you need to know more what's going on. But, like, that is not something that we should be yelling at people for, right? Because if people want to show compassion for these kinds of things, then they should be allowed to do that. Yeah. Anyway, so that's all I really feel comfortable saying about this, like, about the whole situation is, like, People who were affected by this, we love you. Yeah. And people who weren't, please be compassionate and loving toward people. And, you know, 
if you're going to tell someone that they're grieving wrong, do it gently. Yeah. And also maybe check your privilege. <laughs> <laughs> Act out of love. Yeah. Should we uh, hip hop it up? Sure. Pick a beat. Um, S- smack one of them. What's the, that? Uh, I pressed the See. thing. What happened? All right. Do you want to take this one or should I? <clears throat> you can set it off. All right. My finger's bleeding. Wow. And soon I'll be retreating from the podcast because my finger's bleeding. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my finger has been bleeding for the past couple minutes, and I think that I've been needing a time to go and rinse it off, because there's blood dripping down my hand now. It's really freaking gross, and I don't know, man. I'm not happy about it. Wow. I got nothing right now. Nothing at all. (laughs) Let me see what I got. (laughs) You see this? I've got this scar on my hand. It happened when I was 12, and it wasn't very planned. I was chopping up firewood one day and I didn't look at where the axe was it chopped me on the hand and cut me it was real bad it looked really bloody it was similar to you where I didn't feel pain for at least a few moments just sat there and stared at it but then the blood ran down and I think I felt really bad I'm I'm not making any rhymes I'm just telling a story I get that yeah yeah but it's like (laughs) I'm really glad that it didn't cut a tendon or something or a nerve but yeah, I'm not. I'm not rapping. I'm just telling. You. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I got this scar. Yo, my hand is bleeding, and soon I will be retreating from the podcast so that it can get some cleaning. Cause that's what I've been needing. Sometimes you don't really know who your family is, huh? And you just gotta figure it out. Cause sometimes they're right around the corner and you don't know it. Mm. My family lives right down the block. I stayed there till 7 o'clock. I ate some shepherd's pie. It was really great. I played with Anya, the girl I don't hate. I love her. She is my niece, not my nephew. But I got a few good things to say about her. She's really smart. She likes to look at children's art and say, Ooh, that's a good picture. She doesn't say that. She doesn't know what those words are. But she does say ball and sometimes woo-woo because she knows owls too. Hey, look over there on the... table it's Seinfeld Tom rap about Seinfeld (laughs) I don't know anything about Seinfeld you gotta rap about Seinfeld now alright rap about Seinfeld yeah you got Jermaine nope that's not a name (laughs) Jermaine that's that's a yeah I just combined George and Elaine those are characters on Seinfeld they're not related or dating or anything <laughs> wow. Okay. Wasn't bad? Nope. You got George, Elaine, Kramer, and Jerry on a show that's never very, very, very scary. They basically sit around and talk about why they're bad people. Huh. And they never go to a steeple because they're Jews. And I'll tell you the news. They sit around and tell each other about all their blues and they complain all day and all night about why am I so horrible and bad at being right? And they say, I don't know, man. You're right, though. You're bad. They literally... Uh, Man, Seinfeld is great. It's literally just a show about four people who are bad people, and they just <laughs> talk to each other about why they're bad, and then they're like, y- you are bad, and they justify it, and then eventually they just have this five-minute dialogue where they explain why they're bad, and then they, they get to a conclusion where it's like, maybe you're not that bad, or like maybe it's okay that you're bad. Right. Okay. It's just a lot of it's like, like... human nature kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Seinfeld's great. Man. 
I thought you were going off. I am going to go off. I'm just right. trying to think of it. Yeah, I think maybe that's just human nature to be kind of bad sometimes, like a creature. Because we ain't perfect. We all flawed. We all like to throw things at Tom. Ouch. That's true. That's how we do. You know, I don't know about you, but I feel the darkness inside of me sometimes. Rising up and make me want to do crimes. Maybe not things that strictly illegal, but just things that are offensive to people. Things that manipulate. Things that cause hate. Things that make me want to not celebrate others. Make them feel bad. To get what I want, because I feel rad. But I don't want to be that part of myself, man. Mm. I want to be a better part of myself, man. But maybe Seinfeld is right. You can't take away all the darkness and the light. It's mostly just the darkness. Because light would be a good thing to have, I guess. But if you take away all the parts that make you you and try to make yourself into this perfect thing, it's not being real, man. It's not being a real man. Oh, shit. You're right, though. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In order for darkness to come to life, it's got to be something that's blocking out the light, right? Because when there's light, there doesn't have to be darkness unless there's something there that's blocking the light, <laughs> right? Because the particles of light, they hit my hand in the night, and then my hand casts a shadow on my face. And then there's shadows all over the place, and I'm looking, and I'm like, oh shit, I don't see the light, but if I move my hand, oh shit, it's right there, man. Answer to my prayers, man. <laughs> but if you live in a bubble, and all around it's painted, and the light can't get through, it's tainted. Your perception of reality is gone. You don't see the light, you just see what it has shone on, and everything is dark, and everything is shadowy. You see the blood on your hands, but you see nothing. Because there's no light. You can't see nothing without light. That's how light works. Uh, Man, I see the blood on my hands. I see the blood on my hands. Yo, there's blood on my hands. I'm Lady Macbeth. I got the blood on my hands. I fell on my face and blood on my hands. There's blood on my hands. Blood on my face. And there's blood all over the place. Sometimes you stand up and there's blood in your head and then it knocks you out and then you think you're dead and then you hit the ground and then there's blood all around and you wake up and you're like, oh shit, I'm in pain. There's Damn. blood on your hands. <laughs> he has killed me, father. <laughs> I'm off this. Oh, that was good. I think we should we end it there? Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Good you you win you win that one. That was a good freestyle. Guys, thanks for listening. Yeah. We're, we're gone. See you next week. This has been the Effort Discussion Podcast. I'm Tim Lay. You can follow me at Acapella Science or go to youtube.com slash acapella science and see my latest works. Um or Acapella Science 2 because on that one there's oh a new video God. and there's a Tom on it and he is in a bird mask and a morph suit and a, a bear, bear costume. costume. YouTube.com slash Acapella Science oh 2. It's wonderful. It's um, Yeah, I, I love that video. That video makes me so happy. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and you can follow me. I'm Tom Zalatni. You can follow me on Twitter and all social media at Tom Zalatni. Um, and you can, you can al- also go to MatthewPerizzo.com and it'll redirect you straight to my Twitter page. You can also follow Tom at Just Three Ducks and it is a great experience. Yeah. And remember to follow the show at Down With Talking um, and also uh, follow Simon at Know The Other Simon. Oh my God. Burpee. This is his last name. Uh, yeah. Si- Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Simon. Burpee. Simon, Simon Burpee. Yeah. Um, guys, support the show for the love of God. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you, Patrick, by the way. Patrick, you're great. Shout out to Patrick a million times. Patrick, we love you. Patrick, Patrick is Patrick, great. Patrick. Yep. Um, yeah, Patreon is uh, has recently started doing this thing where uh, rather than saying that, you know, there's $5 a month being contributed, they're actually saying how much it is after they take their cut and after taxes and stuff. Right. So now what are we down to, actually? So we're only making like four <laughs> bucks and like 30 cents or something a month. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, my my uh, my Patreon just dropped like, yeah, yeah something like 10% like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is actually great because it means that, you know, patrons can see how much their people are yeah. actually making. Uh, and and plus, like, my, oh, okay, maybe I need to give a little bit more than I thought I did. Yeah. Plus, my, I, I like, I still make more money than I expect because it's American dollars. Mm. So. Love American dollars. Right. But yeah, so Keep if you, being bad, Canadian economy. If you guys like our show, uh, remember it costs us $10 a month right now in order to make the show, which is not a lot, but it does come out of our pockets. Uh, and right now, about... 43% of that is being covered by Patreon donations. And the other uh, 57% is being covered by Tom Zalatni. Yeah. And so if you would like to not make me cover things, uh, then go to patreon.com slash up for discussion. Uh, anyone who pledges anything right now gets some sweet perks and gets to like chill with us like verbally and stuff. Like, well, you know, like, uh, man, like we're going to spoil the hell out of Patrick for the next little while. For sure. But if <laughs> you want to so, get in on yeah. this action and get half of the things Patrick was going to get. Yeah, that's it. It's like if you if you come in on the ground level, man, you're a bro for life. You're one of our woes. We we will run through the six with you. We will run through life with you. Yep. Support the show <laughs> for the love of God. <laughs> oh, that was not the greatest. Nope.